Shalom Yudim, Shalom Nor, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day of Kaftes Bechodesh Av, Parashas Kiseise, Tafshin Pei Gimel 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 22 August 2023. You're listening to Phantom Nation, the second in the latest series of six podcasts, generously sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from Judea. Side of the latest, it now seems, daily human sacrifice to the savage god of the Ishmaelites. Two days ago, we suffered the murder of a grown father and son on Shabbos. Two of the hundreds of Israelis who, uh, to save some shekels, risked their lives by taking their cars for service in uh, Arab Judean Samaria. Uh, go to an Arab de- dentist, he's much cheaper. This is the same Judean Samaria that official Israel refuses to claim as rightfully belonging to the Jewish people who are named for Judea, which claim uh, precedes, really, the right to expel from our civilized Jewish state these barbaric, conscienceless, greedy, homicidal Arabs. I say greedy because the current anti-Jew myth is that the Jews are greedy for refusing to share Palestine with the Palestinians, who have as much right to a state in Palestine as the Jews, which when the truth is is just the opposite. Really, 1948, there were already seven independent officially Arab states, most the result of the collapse of the Ottoman Empire and the Caliphate. Uh, most of these states midwifed into existence by, ironically, the Western powers via the League of Nations, granting several mandates beside the Palestine Mandate. The League mandated the French and the British to produce what became Lebanon and Syria and Iraq and Jordan. But still, by 1948, no Jewish state. That was declared finally in May. And so at that point, there were now seven Arab states and one Jewish one. Today, the number of Arab states has trebled to 21 versus still only one tiny Jewish state with world Jewry, Gentiles and Jews alike, sneering at Israel for being greedy, uh, with many of them claiming Israel has no right to exist at all. Those are in particular the officially Muslim states whose official religion commands the oppression and humiliation of Jews. But don't tell this to the post-religious Israelis. For example, uh, we had yesterday's ritual Jew killing of a mother uh, and a wife, producing another heartbroken widower, and three heartbroken orphans. With the prime minister and defense minister, unusual for them, showing up at the scene of this latest murder of a Jew in Judea, of all places, uh, addressing the nation from there and claiming a new wave of terror is being financed by Iran. It's the Iranians who are to blame. And of course, by implication, there's nothing Israel can do about that right now. It also perpetuates the faulty Israeli misperception that the violence here is between nations, in this case between Israel and Iran, and Israel and the Palestinian nation, when the, whenever, God forbid, a corpse is discovered, the corpse of a Jew is discovered by the police, and they want to categorize the motive as either criminal or nationalist. Never is there ever a religious motive. Never are Israelis subject to Homicidal anti-Semitism, that's for Jews in the diaspora. Well, the news today was of the arrest of the two assassins yesterday, of uh, that the preschool teacher, Batsheva Nilia Shemikom age 40, shot to death in the car 
in the in front of her six-year-old daughter, which arrests never cease to amaze. Uh, they amaze me. Israel's ability to do this, to so quickly get their hands on these monsters. But then the next stage is depression. It sets in on the assumption that these two men, who do not deserve to breathe the air, which is God's breath, for another second, will be fed here several times a day uh, when in custody. They'll be provided with legal counsel, and they can expect time in an Israeli prison. And all because Israel's role model for a proper society is that of a Western liberal democracy, which, in their defense, is partly forgivable since for 18 centuries Jews said not a word about democracy, about a legal system in a democracy. Not that there's anything wrong with democracy, it's just that there were no Jewish political thinkers in 18 centuries like Montesquieu, John Locke, David Hume, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, John Jay, who wrote the brilliant Federalist Papers. So when the atheists who sneered at the Jewish religion in 1948, created a state. They had no experience, most of them coming from Eastern Europe and Russia, no experience of democracy, and they wound up producing a state of Israel uh, at a loss to this day of, or for how to handle a non-state mass of tribal sub-civilized savages. Israel has yet to figure out what to do with them. America's second president, John Adams famously cautioned after the completion of the splendid U.S. Constitution, quote, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, close quote. And I would add, liberal democracy is wholly inadequate when faced with cruel, sadistic, barbaric Muslims. All Israel ever does is give them some prison time and demolish a, a simple residence, uh, sometimes just a floor or even a room in a residence. Now, a, a huge barrier to reforming Israel's view of the enemy, since world anti-Jewry, gentle and Jewish alike, having tricked Israelis into calling these Arab Muslims Palestinians, a huge barrier is not wanting to be a people that dwells alone that is separate from other peoples, and they treat these barbarians as if they're just like us and people in other civilized societies. Uh, Anti-Jews gave them a national identity they never had, with secular Israelis most uncomfortable in, erect in erecting any barrier between themselves and other nations, a.k.a. the Goyim, significantly a word never used by secular Israelis, as all Jewish communities around the globe in history did. I discovered an interesting linguistic fact uh, when in Tunisia 40 years ago and, and rediscovered it again in Yemen 30 years ago, the Israeli practice of calling the Arabs here Arabs is just that, an Israeli practice by the secular. The Jews in the Arab countries did not call them Arabs. They called their Arab neighbors Goyim, just like my Yiddish-speaking Ashkenazi forebears in Poland and Belarus. And after asking a friend whose family fled Iraq to find out the situation there, he said, yeah, same there. They called their Arab neighbors Goyim. In Yemen, of course, it's Joyim with their accent, but never secular Israelis. The most extreme of them even denying they themselves are Jews because they don't believe in Judaism. So it will not be easy for such types to look upon the so-called Palestinians as very different from us, which would be the first step in trying to handle them better than we do. Now, the second step has to be claiming 100% ownership of Judea and Samaria, 
uh, claiming we are the lords of the land, the landlords, and have the right to evict tenants we don't like <laughs> for whatever reason. It's our country, not theirs, and Israel has to tell the world this. This is how we see things. These Arab Muslims are not Palestinians, we must say, not in the least. And the Arab Muslims ruled this land for over a thousand years, and always they called it Syria. Ergo, these Arabs in Judea and Samaria are Syrians, and not in need of any independent state, because the modern state of Syria came into being before Israel in 1946. So, for example, Israel needs new legislation calling for the following treatment of any Arab who acts violently against towards Jews. He will be arrested and immediately transported to the Golan Heights and sent into Syria with the clothes on his back uh, as his only possession and told uh, he's never coming back because we Jews are civilized and you are a barbarian. I do mean uh, any act of violence, however minor, like throwing a stone at a Jew. And it would not hurt for official Israel to instruct the world in the history of Arabs stoning Jews. There is a history long before Israel. For example, the British um, Orientalist Edward Lane, researching in Egypt in the year 1835, wrote of how the Arab boys there liked to, just for fun, throw rocks at innocent Jews passing by, uh, as they also threw rocks at dogs just for fun and still do. I think in 1868, uh, Moses Montefiore petitioned the sultan in Constantinople for permission to erect an awning on the Temple Mount, jutting out over the western wall below because the Arab boys, just for fun, like to throw rocks down on the heads of the Jews praying below. And just recently we learned of an interactive museum exhibit in Ramallah on the tradition, cultural tradition, of throwing rocks at what you don't like. Yes, 
memory of eight, a pickup group at the Merkaz Harav Yeshiva in honor of the eight boys studying there who were murdered by Muslims some years back. So Israel has to declare sovereignty and install a new set of regulations for the Arabs in Judea and Samaria. Israel should annex these areas and, and bestow citizenship on the Christians there who would become grateful and loyal citizens because they know only in Israel, in the Middle East, uh, can Christians be safe? The Muslims uh, should be registered as resident aliens after annexation. The Bible has such a category and did long before Western legal systems, which will entitle them to work at a fair wage and, 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 and join an HMO and pay a monthly fee, but they won't be allowed to vote because they will not be citizens. And if the world... Uh, shrieks, eh, apartheid, racism. I ask, so what else is new? They've been calling us racists and apartheid for decades. In 1975, the UN General Assembly uh, said the most racially mixed state in the world to be the most racist. Israel will fortify its self-worth when it stops caring what the goyim think of us. And as part of the resident alien status, Israel must be merciless with these people and not tolerating those who hate us and do violence against us. It's a childish, Kahanist dream of expelling millions of them 
uh, in a flash, never happen. It will never happen. But we can drastically reduce their violence by punishing them, not with prison, but expulsion. It would also benefit Israel to see clearly how our neighbors, 550 million of them living in officially Muslim states, uh, match this behavior by declaring Judaism the one and only official religion of this state, as in Muslim states. The Times of Israel website, for want of a better term, is leftist. Today that uh, connotes something really new compared to the past. In the past, the leftist was a socialist. Uh, But with the uh, claims of the USSR uh, uh, proven to be false, nobody takes socialist uh, economics seriously anymore. Uh, Today, a leftist defines himself, herself, by culture, not economic policy. For example, the Times of Israel site has posted a letter to Jews in the diaspora written by two American and one Canadian-Israeli journalists and novelists, Monty Friedman, Yossi Klein-Halevi, and Daniel Gordis. Quote, they wrote, We are writing to you to join the Israeli protest movement to save the vision that is fighting to save the vision that created this country 75 years ago. Close quote. Uh, Previously, two months after the current uh, government was formed, quote, again, we wrote to you to warn of an existential threat to Israeli democracy, close quote. And, of course, the letter sees Netanyahu's coalition as, quote, with the extreme right and the ultradox parties, which signals nothing less than the end of the liberal state of Israel. This political crisis is a struggle over the fundamental identity of Israel as a Jewish and democratic state, close quote. If this were a turn paper and I the teacher, I'd return it with either a D or maybe an F for its baseless claim that Israel is to be a democratic and liberal state because in the Declaration of Independence of May 14, 1948, neither of those two words appear. The word Jewish appears 19 times, and in 1948, and really for thousands of years, the word Jew referenced a believer in the Jewish religion who lived according to its laws and commandments. Worse, in this letter by these three intellectual lightweights, uh, is this following complaint, quote, listen carefully, state power is shifting from judges to extreme clerics, close quote. And I ask, what? Power is with the judges? Sorry, in a democracy, the demos, the common man, chooses those who will receive power from the people to administer the lives of the people. Judges are not so empowered in a liberal democracy. Here exposed is the misconception of the high court here, which is at the heart of this protest. These poorly educated liberals in Israel seem not to know that. Their letter proclaims, quote, For those faithful to the liberal vision of the nation's founders, supporting Israel at this time means supporting the Israel portrayed in our Declaration of Independence, a vision embodied in the Israeli democracy movement, close quote, by which they mean uh, (laughs) refusing to respect the results of a democratic election. Go figure. Again, the Declaration never uses the words liberal, never uses the word vision, Those words are absent from the declaration. Quote from the letter, with Israelis on the streets fighting for liberal values, close quote, with the authors also boasting, the protesters are so heterogeneous 
One speaker at a rally was a legal scholar with a kippah. Another was a Bedouin woman. Uh, rabbinic voices mixed with those of LGBT activists, close quote. And there you have it. Another misconception. A truly Jewish state would never approve of so-called LGBT activism, which in practice means uh, uh, approving the, the terrible things homosexuals do with their bodies. Allowing these sodomites to parade their perversions in public one day a year, and also in the nation's holy capital in a smaller parade, besides the big one in Tel Aviv. These people, like these three, are sick with a kind of pathological narcissism that blocks them from respecting the rights of those who disagree with them. I find it shocking uh, to the point of using the word pathology to call out these two Americans and one Canadian, thinking they are supporters of democracy and therefore they have to disrespect a legitimate national democratic election. Something wrong in their brains. The circuits have been messed up. There's a contradiction here that they are deaf and blind to, as they are in this fantasy of Israel's Declaration of Independence championing, quote, liberal values. It does nothing of the kind. The Declaration is first and foremost, repeatedly in its text, a declaration of the right of the Jewish people to an independent state. It contains such expressions as, the land of Israel was the birthplace of the Jewish people. After being forcibly exiled from their land, the people kept faith with it through their dispersion and never ceased to pray and hope for their return to it and for the restoration in it of their political freedom. Jews strove in every successive generation to reestablish themselves in their ancient homeland. In recent decades, they returned in masses. And in the ultimate, or rather penultimate paragraph, we have this, quote, This right is the natural right of the Jewish people to be masters of their own fate, like all other nations, in their own sovereign state, close quote. Not a word here about so-called and impossibly vague liberal values. What's going on here with these protesters? It's a temper tantrum by losers who think democracy means freedom from any respect for the Jewish religion as part of one's national identity. Theirs is a war against the inclusion in the government of religious Jews, be they either anti-Zionist Haredim or religious Jews, who believe religiously in the right of Jews to uh, Judea and Samaria, which religious belief clashes with the irrational fantasies of the left, that there's a Palestinian nation with a superior claim to Judea and Samaria superior to what the Jews have, and uh, these Palestinians are denied their rights by Israel's occupation from the Palestinians' ancient homeland. I 
Mickey Rosenbaum. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Well, so much for these middle-brow political thinkers who think they are fighting for democracy by disrespecting an election and that Israel's declaration of independence is about the installation of liberal values. As these three uh, men uh, misunderstand them 75 years later. Worse was a recent radio interview by Kobe Richter a retired Israeli business tycoon who, uh, uh, in the interview, applauded the military and business elite for leading to the toppling of the government. He has been a major funder of the thuggish disruption of normal life in Israel in these mobs that I believe are organized by Ehud Barak. What Richter said is that he supports uh, the leadership of the business community and the military uh, and not a government voted into office by the electorate. Indeed, he supports Ehud Barat's plan to cripple the economy, impoverish the people, who will then beg for relief, and uh, in Ehud Barak's case, beg that he take over. This bum seems to have learned nothing from his time as prime minister, the shortest ever, who across the board was seen as a failure as prime minister. Uh, he thinks the people really want him back. In fairness uh, to the uh, two of them, Barack and Richter, both were raised in this state dominated by poorly educated socialist dreamers who mocked the Jewish religion that had kept this people alive, and so many of the nations we lived among are no longer around. Their religions, too, and their political theories, like uh, socialism and communism, are no more, which two ideas are prima facie anti-Jew for celebrating the collective over the individual. 
which clashes with the opening verses of the Holy Torah, during which Hashem creates living creatures in their masses, but when it comes to his greatest creation, man, he creates only one. These post-religious, indeed atheists, like Ehud Barak and Kobe Richter, are a menace to the state of Israel for their ignorance and contempt of Jewishness. Ehud Barak, the one who at Camp David in the year 2000 thought the Western Wall was the holiest place in Judaism. What Richter appears to support is a banana republic in which the military runs the regime and parties with the rich, who become even richer thanks to collusion with the military regime. Think of Egypt, that has been a military dictatorship since the overthrow of King Farouk by the colonels in 1952, uh, who to this very day use recruits to their army as workers for peanuts in factories the officers make money from. The last thing Israel needs is all these retired IDF generals and business tycoons destroying the economy in order to overturn the will of the people uh, in the last November election. I've not been so ashamed of this country since those two Marxist atheists, Rabin and Perez, shook the bloody hands of Arafat Nabas on the White House lawn. One can only hope that this interview with Kobe Richter will wake up at least some of the woke to the danger of these thuggish big business and military officer types. But I'm not optimistic, given Israel's secular education and culture. Because these people never grew up as Jews within an anti-Jew goy, they have no experience and understanding of Jew hatred. And as post-religionists, they have no understanding of the Muslim enemy, and therefore mishandle the Muslim enemy, giving them prison time and fines instead of telling the world this country belongs to the Jewish people, as surely as the Arabian Peninsula belongs exclusively to the Arab Muslim people. To repeat, Israel should also consider a full declaration of Israel as the official religion, not a religionless regime as in the States, and even register all citizens according to their religious affiliation. This is how the Muslim Ottomans ruled here for 400 years, and Israel can learn from that.
And that was the uh, talented violinist and composer Daniel Javier. Okay, this has been uh, the second of six Phantom Nation podcasts, the title as well of a book of the same name. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. These podcasts are generously sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com, who hold rallies at the uh, Miami-Dade College Candle Campus on Tuesdays to check for the next one. Email Floridians4, that's number four, Floridians4IsraelInstitute at gmail.com. And the Institute is also looking for a part-time librarian for the collection of excellent books on Israel. I'll be back uh, next Wednesday, God willing, for the third podcast in this series. Until then, have a good week. I'm Shai Bentekoa.